Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, a lot of reaction today to an Eagles victory, 25-11. A score got me last night down at Tampa Bay. The Eagles now move to 3-0. A lot of reaction today. And, of course, I think it's a day after a dominant win like that. You win by two touchdowns, outgain the other team by 298 yards. There's a lot of good to talk about from last night. And we'll get to, as the week goes on, some of the things that are still not fully there, which is really the efficiency and the mistake-free element to the passing game that needs to be there in the biggest games for the Eagles to win. But we'll get to that. I mean, I think today is a day to react to the good. I've got five game balls to give out. And, and really, it was hard to kind of narrow it to five. I might cheat with one and kind of do, it a, do a duo because of what they're doing right now. But it's, it's not easy. That, that's how many standout performances the Eagles had in Tampa Bay last night to move to 3-0. Let's start with DeAndre Swift. And I'll get to the other side of the running game in just a few minutes. But just with DeAndre Swift, back-to-back games with well over 100 yards. I and mean, we're talking about, you know, it's rare to see in Eagles history backs that have back-to-back outstanding games like that. And it's also rare just the way the Eagles, we know, rotate their backs, that they don't really have a lead back. Miles Sanders was here for a while as the, a pretty close thing to a lead back, and he never did this behind great offensive lines. So I'm noticing a couple of things with DeAndre Swift. Obviously, life's easier when you have those guys in front of you. But Swift's burst when he gets to the hole is pretty dynamic. You know, there was the one screenshot last night, I'm sure a lot of people saw it, of how big the hole was for DeAndre Swift to run through, through. and it was gigantic. I mean, you could have driven a truck through there. But Swift's ability, when he gets to the second level, to have burst, to take what will, no matter what, be a five- or six-yard gain and make it an 18-yard gain, that's what's separating him right now and why he is is running so well. I mean, the last couple games, it's like you look back to week one and you think, how did he not get the ball in New England? Because the Eagles' running game has been outrageous since DeAndre Swift became, you know, their quote-unquote, lead back the last couple weeks. We'll see how this plays out over the course of the season. And if the Eagles continue to ride him, I still think in pass protection, he's not on the level of Kenny Gainwell. So if they're down two touchdowns, if they're down in the game, you know, if it's a back-and-forth scoring game, let's say against Miami, let's say against Kansas City, Buffalo, whatever, San Francisco perhaps, that may have to be more Kenny Gainwell. And, And people will get upset. I thought last night could be that. But the Eagles' defense stymied the Bucks so much that the Eagles could just sit on the football, run the ball, run it effectively. DeAndre Swift is running with power. He's running with elusiveness. He is running with conviction. And I love his burst when he gets to the second level. I mean, really, you think about a lot of the guys I'm going to mention over the next, you know, 15 minutes or so on this episode. And we're going to circle back to Howie Roseman and the moves he made. There was a lot of noise, a lot of chatter, a lot of fan, you know, desire to go get a B. John Robinson, to trade up or to just stay there in the draft and draft a running back. And I'm not saying B. John Robinson is not dynamic, but my argument when we started WIP Daily and, of course, the whole you know winter and, and spring on, on the midday show was the Eagles don't need this kind of back. You, you can find backs through smart moves like Howie Rose made with DeAndre Swift, and you couple that with the group I want to you know, talk about next with a game ball, 
and you're going to have a dominant running game. The Eagles have run for 2,000-plus yards in each of Nick Sirianni's first two years as head coach. They're going to run for 2,000 again. It will be the third straight 2,000-yard rushing season by the Eagles. They do this because of the guys up front, and now, at least with Swift, a, a really dynamic and elusive, powerful back with bursts. Really impressed right now with DeAndre Swift. Our number two game ball goes to the entire offensive line. They dominate that football game. And I mentioned all week, last week, uh, into yesterday, into the pregame show yesterday, the Bucks are still good up front. Vita Vey is still a really good player. Jack Barrett could play. They've got good linebackers. They are not weak up front. And the Eagles blew them off the football. I mean, they blew them off the ball all night. That drive to end the game, to hold the football for nine minutes and 22 seconds, is pure dominance. I remember there was a game the Eagles played under Chip in Green Bay. I think it was like November of 2013 where they did something similar. Maybe it's like the last six or seven minutes. They just held the football. But to hold the ball for 9-22, I mean, they took the Bucks' will late in that game last night. Tampa Bay, I'm not going to say they rolled over. I just think they got beat down. Like every time they try to get back up, the Eagles just stomped them. That is... The kind of drive you see Alabama and Georgia finish a game with the college football when there's just they're a level above their competition. They've got five star guys, you don't. That's what last night felt like. The pass protection was better last night. Only one sack allowed by the Eagles. Jalen Hurts only took one sack. If you want to use that kind of phrasing, whatever. Best offensive line performance of the season so far. They racked up nearly 500 yards. They did it really with a, with some mistakes in there. I mean, they could have had more. The, the, the part that is really you know, exciting about this Eagles offense is I don't think they've come close to hitting their stride yet. I, I really don't. Each game, they're kind of building towards that. I don't think they've come close to hitting their stride, and yet this team is undefeated. They're you know, almost outgained their opponent by 300 yards last night. And the offensive line, if they stay healthy, and we know Dickerson went out last night, Opet had to come in, it has a chance to be special, really, especially in the run game. Just a dominant, dominant performance. So game ball number one goes to DeAndre Swift. Game ball number two the offense line. Let's go to the other side, the other line now for the third game ball. And I'm going to put these guys together, just like I kind of cheated with the offensive line, because I don't know how you separate them. And that is the Georgia boys. And that is those defensive tackles, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. This is the best young defensive tackle duo in the NFL. It will be for years to come. Howie Roseman has struck gold here with these players. Now, you know, health's got to factor in over the years and Jalen Carter who, by all accounts, both on and off the field, has been, you know, thumbs up since he got here. He obviously has to continue that, and I think it's fair to say that until we see it for a year or two, and then we'll we'll move past why he fell on the draft. But on, on the field so far, we're watching a Pro Bowl caliber player. That that he Jalen Carter's ability to wreck games, to already be double teamed, to split double teams, the safety, the force, the hustle on that force fumble. Rare from a defensive tackle. This guy is an incredible football player. And the Eagles got a steal with the number nine pick of the draft. And then Jordan Davis, much maligned after his rookie year. Hugh and I had a chance to sit down with him at training camp. He told us his goal was five sacks. He seemed in a better place. He seemed more mature. He seemed ready. Obviously healthy off the high ankle last year in great shape. He's been outstanding. This guy, you know, the Eagles run defense so far has been outstanding. I mean, really one of the better run defense in the NFL. And Jordan Davis is the reason why. Last year... They were about one yard per carry better with him on the field than him off the field. And you see why this year he's been on the field more. They're stuffing the run. That one play he had last night where he basically held up his defender, 
you know, no pushback by the, the offensive lineman. He stood his ground. The running back comes trying to burst past him, and he just grabs the guy with one arm and holds him up and gets the tackle. I mean, we're watching a freak out there, and the Eagles have two of them, two different kind of players, but they complement each other so well, and it will be the backbone of what, you know, we always expect now, but will be a, a tremendous defensive front for years to come. So Carter and Davis get another game ball as a duo. My fourth game ball in this one is going to go to Reed Blankenship. You know, Reed Blankenship is a guy that the whole NFL missed on. I mean, this isn't just an e, you know, Eagles didn't draft him. He's undrafted last year, but everyone missed on him. Reed Blankenship is a playmaker. You could just see it out there. He baited Baker Mayfield into a an interception in the first half, which really, I thought, started to turn the tide. It was close. It was kind of ugly early. No one could get going. Eagles' red zone issues persisted. They weren't, you know, putting the bucks away, even though they were outgaining them. And then Blankenship makes that interception. You're like, all right, they got him. You know, Baker Mayfield had been very clean the first couple games, hadn't made mistakes. That's un-Baker Mayfield-like. I, knew, I You know, you knew the dam was going to break at some point with Baker Mayfield. And it was Blankenship who really baited him. You know, Baker looked left and... You know, clearly with the intention of of tricking and moving with his eyes, Blankenship to keep him over there, and then he was going to come back right. Blankenship didn't buy it. Like as soon as Baker took his eyes off him, he knew where that football was going. That was going back to the right. He broke over there. Baker a little late with the football, and a big play reminded me of the play he had against Aaron Rodgers last year, where he did something similar to Rodgers with his first career interception. This guy's really good, and I, I don't think it's a coincidence that you know. In the Viking game, the Vikings threw all over the Eagles, even late. You know, last night, Eagles had a lead. In the Minnesota game, they had a lead. And sometimes you, you chalk up yardage and you chalk up, you know, throws late to, well, we're, pl- we're playing defense. We're up a couple scores. We just don't want to let the other team come back in the game. And in Minnesota, they, they threw for a lot of yards. Obviously, the Eagles didn't get the ball back last night, which is part of it. But they didn't, do, they didn't allow the Bucks to move the ball through the air as well last night. And a lot of that is because of James Bradbury coming back. He played a good football game. But it's also Blankenship, who we have to start counting as one of the Eagles' most important defensive players. They let Epps go. They let Chauncey Gardner-Johnson go with the idea that this kid was ready and they would figure out the other safety position. I think the, the assumption we had was the Eagles need two safeties. I think what the reality now clearly was they needed one safety. They may still need one safety, but they have one in Reed Blankenship. It was a loss for sure not having him against Minnesota, but he's a difference maker when he's back there. He's a good player. And, you know, the more I think about it, I think Reed Blankenship's going to end up a pro bowler. It's going to end up as one of the better Eagles finds in recent years. This kid really could play instinctual, tough. He comes up and makes stops. I mean, the New England, the New England game in last night, a lot of big plays near the line of scrimmage. So he could play near the line of scrimmage. He could obviously play back, has better range than I think you'd assume. For a guy that's undrafted, you would think those kind of guys probably are limited I don't see a limited player. I think Reed Blankenship is a good player, only getting better, going to be cheap for years to come, just an outstanding acquisition by the Eagles. Undrafted free agent a year ago, and now this guy is a big, big, big part of the Eagles' defense. And my fifth game ball in this one goes to a guy who invited, and I mean clearly invited, a bunch of criticism to himself last week, and that would be A.J. Brown, who had a tremendous game from from the jump. I mean, those first two catches, and you know, Nick Sirianni could say, it was it wasn't a concerted effort. It was the you know one was check and one was just the way the defense played. I mean, obviously they're trying to get in the ball early, and they got on the ball early, often down the field, across the field. I really thought last night he had a, he had a great football game. I mean, he reestablished himself and showed why he's the number one wide receiver on the team. And 
it doesn't get lost to me that in that drive to finish the game, there was a third and 13, and it was about, you know, about 12, maybe a 10 to 11-yard hook route, stop route, whatever you want to call it. Hertz puts it perfectly on A.J. Brown. He twists around. He turns around, breaks the tackle, gets the first down. That really sealed the deal. I mean, the Eagles are going to win. I think they're going to win anyway. They were up two scores, even if they had a punt there. If, let's say Brown gets tackled, they were going to win the game. But that was the dagger. The run game was like a slow, methodical, you know, just jab, jab, jab. It's a boxing analogy. That was that was a right uppercut to to really send the Bucks home last night by A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. Brown is is a he's a specimen. I mean, he reminds me of of Anquan Bolden in the open field, but faster. I mean, they faster Anquan Bolden, and. You know, we could say as fans it's frustrating when he gets frustrated and he needs to just, you know, be quiet and just play the game. But I think the reality is the Eagles know they need to massage the ego here. They just they need to make sure they get this guy mentally where he needs to be on the field every week and then to feel good about himself and his role. So he was important last night. He played outstanding last night. And the quicker he plays like this on a weekly basis, the quicker this passing offense goes from you know, not where it needs to be to excellent. And that means the quicker the Eagles go from good or very good to dominant, which is certainly still in the cards for this season. So AJ gets the fifth game ball. As far as uh, Jalen, he didn't get a game ball for me because I didn't think he was one of their five best performers or units last night. The two picks can't happen. One seemed like it was miscommunication and I'll, I'll give him a pass on that. The other one, it felt, felt a little forced. You know, the same thing happened in New England where he, he thought he had a one-on-one or he thought he could get the ball in before the safety got there. The safety got there. So he's got to account for that. Uh, some things that are just timing not there um, in the red zone has been kind of choppy so far this season. I thought there were some great strides, though. He ran the ball better last night. I thought some of his throws at staying in the pocket were better, only took the one sack. The throw down the field to Zacchaeus was tremendous his best throw of the season stood in there so I thought last night was encouraging by Jalen Hurts you know it's probably a B or B yeah I'll give him a B effort last night because he has two interceptions and he missed some guys and was a little inaccurate throwing the football down by the red zone but you could see the seeds for A they're there and and of course it sounds like according to the report he acknowledged it after game wasn't feeling well so you could throw that in you know a little bit too uh so we grade on a curve a little bit there so Jalen doesn't get a game ball this week and the Eagles still win by two touchdowns. This team's good. This team's good. And now it's going to be about weekly stacking, getting a little bit better. And really, the, the key I see now is, is to use Washington as one more tune-up because the schedule will change when October comes. The Rams game will not be easy. The Jets game, if they keep Zach Wilson, it'll be a win. But that defense is really good, so it'll make things challenging. And then... And then it's Miami, and then it's on the road to Washington, and then it's Dallas, and then it's Kansas City, and then it's Buffalo, and then it's San Francisco, and Dallas, and Seattle. So there's a lot of tough games coming, starting with a Week 5 trip to Los Angeles. One more tune-up against the Commanders coming up this Sunday. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, of course, our video podcast, which we'll get back into on the 94WIP YouTube page. Subscribe, follow there. Tucker Bagley and myself put those up frequently during the week game balls for the eagles they're three and oh enjoy a victory tuesday we'll talk more on sports radio 94 wip